Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast. The podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan, but you can call me Shan. I'm Libs. This week, we're speaking to Heidi McIntosh from Let's Talk Property. So owning a property is something that a lot of us aim for at some point in our lives. And particularly in the UK, there's a huge pressure for young people to join the property ladder. So given the current economic climate, we wanted to get some top tips from a fellow dope black woman who's on her own property journey and wants to encourage other black people to do the same. Hey, Hayley. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. Thanks a lot. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm a little tired, been working all day, but I'm good. So something we'd like to ask all our guests is how would you like to be introduced and what makes you a dope black woman? Ooh, well, by day, I'm a teacher. Um, so I teach at a Special Educational Needs College. That's kind of like my nine to five. Um, but I'm as, um, and I am an inspiring property entrepreneur. Um, I inspire other people to get onto the property ladder, whether that's just if they want to have their first time, um, or want to buy their first time house, or they actually want to invest in property as well. Um, I'm there to support anybody. I feel like um, what makes me a dope black woman is that the property industry is very saturated with men. And I'm really looking to bring more females into the property industry. Yeah. And so how did your um, interest or passion for property come about? It started through like my parents, both my parents are property investors. My mum probably takes a little bit more of the lead in that as well. So they have like a range of different properties, like from service accommodation, so like your Airbnbs, they have student accommodation and just like regular like single let where just random like families live there as well um and I've kind of been involved in their journey from probably when I was like eight nine ten mm-hmm. so I've seen it I've seen the benefits from it I've definitely been able to have like a very good lifestyle from their property investments and the money that it's brought in for them so that's kind of like kick-started my journey and then other people in my family as well are very I like really doing well with property too so I've seen the benefits of it and I kind of want to upkeep that. And it's probably something that a lot of, that you talk about a lot amongst your friends. Because I feel like there's, for me, I feel like personally growing up in the UK, there's a huge pressure to get a house, especially in the rise of like influencers and things like that. You're always seeing people mm. online 
talking about getting their new house and getting their new apartment and there's like that infamous picture of the keys and just the background yeah. the house yeah. in the background looking all bougie so yeah. like that topic that is spoken about a lot amongst your friends um i feel like all of my friends are on different journeys so the ones that are interested tend to like come to me for advice and kind of like how they can get started i don't really like to put pressure because i'm still quite young i'm only well i'm 24 next week um so <laughs> i yeah so i don't really like to put pressure it's when you're ready and it's when you feel like you can be able to save for a deposit mm. a lot of the things that we see on like social media a lot of people are not actually buying they're renting so it's still a very big achievement like you're moving out of like, your family house mm-hmm. and you're getting your first apartment and stuff like that but there also is a lack of young people actually buying properties so a lot of these influencer pictures that you see in like these really nice new build apartments they are actually rented as well <laughs> so that down. is to buy it to bear in mind yeah i think that that's so interesting I think it's so interesting mm-hmm. you guys picked up on that because I think that's definitely a thing, especially within the black community and especially mm-hmm. like influencers as this kind of thing like, oh, now I've made it. Um, and it does, I think, put pressure. Like, I mean, people all the time talk about how social media can, can be problematic. But I really do think these pictures and these trends have a negative impact. And, yeah, you know, this idea that like, even as you said, like they won't openly say, um, they're renting they'll make it look like they own the house it's like mm. there's such a taboo around you know the fact rent and I see so many tweets you know the other thing I see so many tweets about oh you still love live at your mum's house or like guys that still live at their mum's house it's like so what like it's hard there's nothing here. wrong with that <laughs> there's actually nothing wrong with that yeah. I'm such a big advocate for do not move out unless you actually need to like I live with both of my parents and I told them until like um, to be honest with you, I want to live with my fiance before I get married, just because I feel like you really learn about the person mm-hmm. in that living stage. So, like, until like, I get to that stage, I'm not moving out. You're actually not getting rid of me. There's no need for me to move out. I'm ve- I have a very I got good a relationship. Good honey. Now, for real, like, I have a very good relationship with both of my parents. So, why am I going to move out? I think a lot of young people get in their head this idea that's like, I'm not an adult or maybe I'm not a woman until I move out. And it's like, no, it's totally fine. Like, you know, it's hard to even rent sometimes. Like, it feels like you're throwing money away. So how you carry yourself makes you an adult, not like big things like moving out makes you an adult. Like Mm. you can move out and still be moving like a child. So Mm. things like that are not really that, that necessary. I mean, like, if you don't have a very good relationship, I know that in lockdown, we've been forced to be around our families more than we probably wanted to. Um, and some people will probably have seen that and be like, you know, I need to get out. And that, that's okay. Sometimes it's not a healthy environment. But if you can actually stay with your parents or stay with, like, a close family member or a friend and, you know, kind of live rent-free or pay, like, minimum bills in the property, then do that until you're ready because a deposit is a lot of money. Um... And it does take a lot of sacrifices to actually build up that deposit unless you're lucky and you just have a very big cash flow. So, Polly-Ann and Lips, have you guys ever felt pressured to be on the property ladder? Well, it's interesting. I was going to say that it's the complete opposite for me. Growing up in the Caribbean, you're actually expected to stay at home until you Mm. get married or until you become like a professional working woman. So even when I remember when my sister graduated from university, and she moved back to Jamaica to start working. 
there was no question as to where she was going. My dad actually built on an extra room to give her privacy, but he was like, you're not moving out of the house because it actually, I guess, historically looked bad for a woman to be almost too independent Mm. enough to move out without being married or without having a partner that she was going to be living with. So even now for me, I mean, my parents are both past, but the idea of me living outside of the home is something that is quite abnormal and it's not something that many women... I know in Jamaica do, even if they have full-blown careers, unless they're married or they have a partner, they live at home. Do you think that's to do with like, the, the, the attitudes towards family in the Caribbean and like the homeland than here? Yeah, I think there is a certain level of conservatism to say that women shouldn't live alone because, you know, safety and because it just looks, uh, it looks badly on the family. Like, why aren't you just staying with your family if your family is there? You stay with your family until you're allowed, until you're able to start your own family. And I guess economically, as Haley just pointed out, it actually makes sense. Like there's no reason to rush to move out. Um, but I do find that the more and more people go away to university, they when they come back, they want that level of freedom that they don't often have with their parents. I think the relationship that you have with your parents in terms of you know, being able to move freely is probably something that's very rare in the Caribbean mm -hmm. or it's becoming something that's more common now, but historically has not been true. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. And have any of you to either, um, again, to Leanne and Lips, thought about getting on the property ladder? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially within the last couple of years in terms of trying to figure out where I'm going to live next and trying to make passive income, create passive income for myself. I think property is definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot. Is it just to live or is it to invest? Invest more. For yeah. me, it's to invest because I don't, I'm, I kind of live like a nomad. I don't necessarily settle in one place for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely more investment purposes. And the good mm. thing with investment is that you can use one of those investments to then, if you're renting, pay the rent and... Mm. that's cool and then that money that you pay for rent can now go on other things so it's just an additional income to be honest with you yeah it's mm. also about finding the right property investment for you because the standard like um buying a property on like a buy to let mortgage then renting it out to a family i think some people have the ideology that it brings in like hundreds of thousands and it doesn't um it brings in okay money but it's not anything like significant it's the different prop property strategies like airbnb that bring in a very good income supported accommodation that bring in a very good income um renting like student accommodation so houses of multiple occupancy things like that where you're getting quite a lot of money all at once brings in a lot of money um so i feel like before people get into investment it's very good to explore the different options that are available for you is that what mm. your um aim is to get more into the investment side of it yeah, 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 it is, yeah. Um, as I said before, I don't really need to move out right now. Um, so it is purely just for investment purposes. And then um, I will be looking to buy my own. I would like to have my own and then, like, have one with, like, a partner um, because I would want to build my own assets as well. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the most, like, the best property investment strategy to go for? Because I've always looked at, looked into um, either Airbnb or student accommodation as the best. Like in Those two really and truly are, are the best, to be honest. I mean, a lot of people Airbnb can depend on the location, depending on how much money that you can get from it, because 
you like two people can have two two bedroom apartments i mean it's so like one one two bedroom apartments each and then they bring in completely different profit just based on the area um some people can do like the one night stay so but that attracts more like party goers so you're probably going to have more issues but then if you do like the ones that have like a three night minimum stay it attracts more like workers especially those that like even with hs2 right now in birmingham that's a very good market because you've got a lot of workers coming up and staying for long periods of time so that gives you like guaranteed money um so it all just depends where students it's like it's very hands-off so you're giving the property to the students they're living in there from like probably like september till like june july times and they're gone then you do the cycle again you don't really have to visit there very often but whereas airbnb you need to sort out the cleaning any any needs if someone's having a party you need to come out and stuff like that so airbnb is more of a business mm. that's actually really good advice <laughs> thank you yeah um i was gonna say like my relationship with property i suppose um you know it's such a um it's such an up and down i don't know back and forth relationship because i'm um i have a boyfriend and you know i want to i do want to move out like i do want to get that independence to be able to have my own space but also recognizing that you know things are actually okay at home like mm -hmm. if i moved out there'd be a massive decision like there'd be a massive um lump of my um monthly income would change do you know what i mean and like taking into consideration whether the independence is worth it but also you know is it better to rent is it better to just wait it out and buy I think that a lot of young people struggle with that. And as you said, you know, a lot of young people, they go to university, they experience three years of independence. They're like, bro, this is mm. the life for me. And then they have mm. to go back and live with their parents. And like, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier about social media, that's why I think it's so damaging, all these images of like, I moved out, I moved out. Because loads of people are like, bro, I can't afford it. Does this yeah. mean that like, you know, I'm failing? Like loads of people think get imposter syndrome about property. Mm, definitely I feel like one thing I, I hate is kind of like looking at social media and comparing your life I mean on my personal social medias I don't really use it I don't, I don't use Instagram I try and use Instagram as little as I can I only really use it for my property page because I do find you know sometimes you just get like you get a little bit down you just start thinking like well I'm not here I'm not there um and it just starts to affect kind of like the way you see yourself and there's nothing wrong with like your situation. I mean, if you want to stay at home, then stay at home. If you're not ready to move out, you're not ready to move out at the end of the day. But if you're looking to start making like future investments into property, then you sit down with yourself and create a plan of how you're going to make that happen. And then you follow your plan and your plan is your own journey. It's not somebody else's journey that you see on social media. Well, focus on your own lane. Yeah. And Hayley, what's your experience like with property? Are you on your process to buying it? Is it something you're looking at doing at the moment? So, it's a good question right now because I've taken a lot of L's recently. Um, oh, why? So, um, so I was in the process of buying my first property and that was going to be used for investment. But like because of COVID, a lot of the mortgages that were available for me, so like 90% mortgages, they reduced or even completely stopped. So... Um, I found a house and um, I find it really difficult to get a 90% mortgage. And because of that, um, you only have a certain amount of time to kind of like get a mortgage application sent over to the estate agent so that they can process everything. Mm -hmm. But because it was so hard for me to find something, they've had to take it back and put it back on the market because 
there's just literally no options available for me so it is literally going back through the same cycle again and finding somewhere but if it makes you feel any better i definitely had a similar experience where I'd set yeah my, like my eyes sorry on this apartment i applied mm-hmm. for it they pre-approved me last year and i didn't go through with it and then mm-hmm. when i was doing it in july august hoping to move in october i've got like an extra car finance in my name and mm-hmm. they were like place i didn't pay for it the person pays for it directly in my account and I have yeah like, but it's on your name though yeah and they're like that needs to come out and it should have taken three days to change your name but instead it's taken well it's only come out like last week so it's taken like eight weeks to complete so because of that i had to lose the house even though everything else i was approved for that's insane. They're very, very strict things like that. But how, in your opinion, how would you say the pandemic's affected the current housing market? I feel like it just keeps changing at the moment. Like, we, you know, when we had obviously the start of it, like March times, obviously no house rooms could take place. Everything was on a, on a whole. And then when everything kind of like opened back up again in terms of you can go on house rooms and start selling your house, I feel like everything was just like a big rush. So obviously house prices kind of like fluctuated. Sometimes it went down, sometimes it kind of like stayed the same. Um, and then you had the stamp duty cut. And I feel like loads of people just sold their house from there. Like it was like a big rush to sell your house because if you, when you're now moving, you haven't got to pay such a big fee. Like stamp duty does make a very big difference in whether you can afford to sell or not. Um, but at the moment, from what I'm hearing, the house prices are kind of going back up. Mm-hmm. And again, for first time buyers, it's not the best time because... There's not many like 90% mortgages available. Obviously, if you have more than 90% deposit, it's fine. Probably won't really affect you. But yeah. for those that only really have 90% to put down, it's not the best time. And they've also um, um, the laws or the process around if you get money gifted from a family member. Have you seen oh, that, that, that was even another thing that I even forgot to mention. Because <laughs> I was like £1,000 short of having like that 75%. So nationwide were offering me, but because I never had like the one thousand pounds to cover the seventy five percent of my own savings, they would just tell like no. And I was like, but I'd have it towards the end. Like, you know, you don't give the money until the completion. Yeah. So, but they still just weren't trying to hear it. So I, I also had a similar um, issue with them at the beginning of my application. But for people like yeah. who maybe don't understand what we're talking about in terms of the changes, do you want to explain yeah. what, what actually took place? Okay, so before you could. Um, like your parent, a family, whatever, a family member, whatever, could actually gift you your deposit. It could either be in full, or it could be a partial part of your deposit. But now, nationwide, have said that um, you, as a home buyer, have to have seventy-five percent of this uh, of the deposit yourself, and the other person can only gift you twenty-five percent. So, um, let's say, for example, um, you had like a ten thousand pound deposit. Um, and then you, my maths is not good at all, but you need to have 75% of that 10,000. And if you have under that, sorry, you can't, you actually can't proceed. Um, and that was actually to reduce the amount of people that were applying for houses at the time because the market was quite overly saturated. Um, and they realized that a lot of first time buyers at the moment were using gifted deposits to get on the property ladder. That's really interesting in, compar- in the context of how we know like the Asian community buys property and whole and collective buying of mm-hmm. home. So has that had an impact on community wise? I mean, I don't know if many black families come together and buy properties together or share in that kind of thing. 
I think, unfortunately, a lot of, like, black families, like, their generational wealth is quite limited anyway. So mm-hmm. some, some parents don't really have the funds to be giving their children, um, like, 10,000, 20,000 pounds as, like, a lump sum into their, their child savings account. Um, so maybe the Asian community, community um, are probably more able to do that. But in terms of how it's affected people, from what I've just read online, I've seen that a lot of people can't proceed with like their house. Um, I'm trying to say they can't proceed with buying a house at the moment just because of that reason as well. Mm-hmm. They haven't got the they haven't got the funds, or they've got part of the funds, but it's just not enough to meet the seventy five percent. This is the Dope Black Women podcast. What would you say is? Um... I know it's hard to generalise and that's not something generally we want to do, but like black people's approach to property, like why, how would you say it's different in any way to other races or other communities? Um, I, I think it stems from kind of like all the first generations that came into this country. A lot of the times we, um, just, well, they were pushed into renting and some of them, have kind of like stayed at that level of just renting and then again it's like the next generation rents the next generation rents and then they don't really see the vision of the benefits of like owning properties and the assets that you can get and how you can pass that down into like your generations whereas I feel like other communities do that especially like white and Asian people do that um I do feel like there is a stigma in our community of just renting and we just all we do is rent and we don't really have much assets to our name but I do feel like what I'm seeing at the moment is more black people realising our potential, realising opportunities out there and getting into investment. I mean, my, both my parents are part of um, a group called Black Landlords UK. And there's like probably over 500 like, black landlords in there and they're doing their thing. And it's really beautiful to see. So what does that group entail? Like what, so if anyone's listening, it's kind of like, oh. Yes, yeah, so, um, so you can find them on Facebook. Um, I think it's like Black Landlords UK, or they might abbreviate it to BLUK. Um, and they basically, it's just kind of like a forum where people can just share ideas, share their journeys, join, do joint ventures. So let's say that like, you want to invest in a property, but your money is slightly limited. Maybe you can find somebody in the group that you can partner with, put your money together and go and buy an investment property. I know people have done that. Um, it's good to bounce off ideas and network. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have started Let's Talk Property if it wasn't for Black Landlords UK. That's definitely kickstarted my journey. Do you have to be a property owner to be a part of it? No, not at all. Yeah, Anyone can join, any age. I mean, um, when I joined, there wasn't many young people in there, but now there's a lot more young people. Um, they did seminars like before COVID, but they're doing Zoom seminars at the moment. They even had one today, actually. It was at seven o'clock. So um, to be honest with you, they're amazing. The guy who owns it, he's got like a multi-millionaire portfolio of properties. Um, there are multiple people with like the same kind of amount of properties that he has. And he's so willing to share. That's one thing I will say. Sometimes, you know, black people, they like to just keep things to themselves sometimes. <laughs> but they are so willing to share that it's insane. Mm. Can I ask, this is a bit of a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What impact do you think um, property porn has had on the market? Like this idea that I think more than ever we're kind of obsessed 
with property shows or looking at property like you know like selling sunset like mm-hmm. and then property 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 what is it it's not property property <laughs> what is it you know that show is it location location location, location, location. location. <laughs> yeah yeah you know, these kind of shows and even like they have oh my god i will see twitter accounts that are dedicated yeah. to photos of property so like why do you think we're obsessed especially a lot of for a lot of us with property we'll never be able to afford yeah like, uh, do you know i can't like that's one thing that really gets on my nerves because it's like it's nice to have like ambitions and stuff but realistically it's not going to be your first house these like 5.6 million pound houses in like the depth of essex is not going to be your first house if it is congratulations to you but for the majority it's not going to be your first house so sometimes i feel like it gives us an unrealistic expectation of what our first property is going to look like and it's good to have like high standards and stuff but realistically your first property is not going to look like that so it does kind of irritate me when people just push it out push it out push it out but also it is good incentive for like those that like interior design and how they want their house to look it just give nice ideas like that And for anyone listening who's um, maybe considering getting onto the property ladder, what tips do you have for saving? And also, what are the first steps that people should consider doing? Um, I always say that before you start saving, you need to like set yourself like a goal. So like how much deposit you will need. Um, and alongside that, you need to check your affordability um so for example like you can see a house that's like four hundred thousand pounds but if the bank is only going to lend you based on your salary and your financial situation like a hundred thousand pounds you saving like ten percent of four four hundred thousand it's like it's 40k your bank is only going to lend you 100k you still need to fork out the extra three hundred thousand unless you have that cash you need to meet your reality so see how much you can borrow from the bank set yourself a saving savings goal based on the amount of well based on the deposit that you'll need for the house that you can you know that you can afford and um from there i always say to open an isa whether it needs to be a lifetime isa or it's a fixed isa whatever you want to do whatever works for you obviously with the with the lifetime isa you get the 25 percent top up from the government which is really good um but if you're not very good at saving then i definitely suggest getting a fixed isa can be two years five years and that money goes straight in but you need to treat your savings like a bill you can't just be saying oh i'm going to put like 50 pound in here this month and then by like the 27th you've already taken it out and spent it on food or cocktails or whatever (laughs) you need to be strict with it Like, like it's a goal do you know what i mean you need to be strict with your goal and what, what advice do you have for people um, searching for a home but unsure, particularly young people, but unsure whether to go for like a nice new, well, not say nice to be biased, but like a new build flat or a house? Yeah, I think at the moment this even ties into like the influencers, what they're showing. So a lot of these properties that they're showing are new builds um, or they have been like newly refurbished. So they will look like the same kind of, style that you'll get in a new build flat but I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what comes with a new build as well Mm -hmm. so a lot of new builds at the moment they are significantly smaller than like the average size house and that's because like property well the government is encouraging property developers to build the homes a lot smaller so that they can fit more houses in 
Um, alongside that, a lot of new bills now are actually on leaseholds. So on top of like your mortgage, you will have to pay ground rent and service charge, which can, which can actually just bump up the price to an extortionate rate, um, depending on um, how much the freeholder charges you for service charge. Um, sometimes service charge can just be like £100 a month or it can be like £1,000 a month. So it really, really just depends. £1,000 a month? Yeah, it really it just depends on the type of property. It really just depends. That's crazy. So really we should go for a house and over a new build flat. You see, this is where I, I feel like it depends on where you live. Because in London, I know that there are a lot more options for you to buy a property using the government schemes. Um, but they are only for new build properties. However, like I'm from Birmingham, so it is a lot easier for me to buy a property um, without having to need any of the government schemes because the house prices are fairly low here. Well, not low, but they're a lot better than they are in London. So I, w- I personally wouldn't buy a new build just because the um, older houses are a lot bigger and I can do a lot more kind of like um, refurbishment on them that would increase the pricing, whereas new builds don't always tend to rise in price and equity. So do you think that, would you be interested in buying a new property if you had different intentions behind a purchase? So I know that you said that you're buying for investment rather than buying mm-hmm. for your first place. Whereas yeah. someone is just trying to move out of their home, would you say that maybe then buying a new build might be more suitable for them because it's not something that they plan on investing in? Loads yeah, of definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially if you live in London, like things like um, the help to buy equity loan and shared ownership to a certain extent, like is really, really good because it allows you to go on the property ladder, especially if you don't have a very big income. Um, I know in London you need an extortionate amount of money a month to be able to afford um, a house. So I definitely feel like if you're in London or the surrounding London areas like Essex and stuff like that, um, can then I definitely advise to look at the how to buy um, schemes from the government because they will allow you to jump on the property ladder a lot faster than you would be able to if you weren't to use them. But just know that they are, are strictly just for new builds and you also cannot use them for investment purposes. So it is literally just to live in. Do you guys have any crazy property stories like any red flags where you've just been to a property and you're like no definitely not getting this not doing it whatsoever Shan I know you've been for a while so yeah most of mine have actually been um new builds Mm. and the only reason why I would say no is more on size and also if it hasn't gone on (laughs) suite because I need to have an on suite in my house Mm. um what I don't I don't really have any examples where it's like been really really bad because they've all been new properties or like I haven't got OCD but I'm just very I'm very like living in the house that someone has been before it would have to be like even if, even if I go in there and get like a deep clean and all of that sort of stuff I still need to be it to be at a certain standard of standard of cleansiness when I go and visit it so to yeah, have, of course. that process of me going there and feeling like I need to itch or buff and dirt as soon as I leave I've only looked at like new build properties um mm-hmm. so i don't really have any um like bad examples like that but what i would say is that i've noticed is that looking at properties outside of london you get significantly bigger properties 
for yeah. less price. And that, that, that could be like Barkin or Dartford or Sidcup. Like still places that are relatively close, but just not like Streatham or Enfield or like those sort of places. Yeah, I feel like being in Birmingham, like as you said, like we have more kind of like older styled houses. So those are the more affordable ones for me. Like I can I can find like a two bedroom house for like less than 150k in like Birmingham area and the surrounding like areas around Birmingham, like Wolverhampton, Warsaw, places like that. Um, so, but because they're cheaper they tend to come needing a lot of like work sometimes and the way they're advertised on these sites like right moving super like it drives me crazy it will look so nice on the site then you'll get there and it stinks or something is uh it just looks horrible inside yeah are uh, the mold in the bathroom and these people are actually like bathing in mold oh, oh my um God. yeah sometimes the conditions of the house is just like it's not even worth it and it's hard to see past it like, I know that you can touch up a house, but sometimes when you just see things like that, it's really hard to look past it. I mean, one of my biggest, like, red flags when I looked at a property the other day in Wolverhampton was I like to sit outside the property after I view it just to see, like, the road and see the kind of people that are living in the area because that makes a big difference as well. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I saw this one homeless man and he was walking, like, into one of the houses. And I said, no, nah, forget it. One the That's it. I said, forget it. <laughs> That's okay. it for me. That is actually it for me. I said, I don't need to see anything else. That that was it. Because I don't know if he was like lodging in the house or whatever. Mm-mm. It was enough. It was enough. Who wants a homeless yeah. person neighbor? Sorry. No offense. Homeless and it wasn't even, yeah, no offense, yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't even cool. like someone yeah, that was just, you know, like, yeah, um, like a sofa surfer. It was like one of them ones that have the backpacks that, you know, they carry the tent and they have different layers of clothing. Mm. Like, it was one of them, so I said, forget it. No, thank you. I'm not looking for trouble now today. Um, But also, I was going to say, like, you know, sometimes you see on Twitter where people have been hooch, where people have been scandaled, where people have been led astray. Like, (laughs) I saw someone the other day talk about, and actually, do you know what's funny? Um, She was talking about her own landlord. She was um, baiting him out and saying, like, oh, he's just in a viewing of the spare room in our flat but he like put a mirror where there was some mold in the corner. He just put a mirror up and I was like, nah, these guys, like they just do anything yeah. and anything they can to sell a property these days. No, they really do. I don't know what they do to those pictures. I don't know if you can Photoshop pictures the way that they do on thing because it's um, on right moving Zoopla. It's insane. So sometimes what I do now is I see a property and then I call the estate agent and I'm like, is there anything else I need to know about this property before I go and view it? <laughs> and if you hear that slight hesitation, just know that there's something wrong, there's something wrong with the property. Like, there's something mad. Yeah. You do get that quite a lot, though. Um, and sometimes you just get, like, people that are, that live in the property and they just don't know anything about the property or they, they've left it in, like, the worst condition. So, like, the house is really dirty. Um, they haven't tidied up at all. And I don't really have... I don't have OCD, but I, I expect you to at least tidy the property before I come yeah, and view that, it. I thought that's just, like, common sense, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you, you touched on schemes earlier. I think you spoke about the help to buy ISA. Mm-hmm. For people that are looking at, for first time, like, first time buyers looking at property or people looking at properties in general, what do you think are, like the best what where, where's, where do you think the starting point to look at 
Um, so like with like help to buy, um, if I use like an analogy, like help to buy is kind of like a tree and then it has like different branches. So you've got like, and the branches represent different government schemes. So you've got like the help to buy equity loan, you've got the help to buy shared ownership, you've got help to buy ISA, which is no longer available. You can only go for like the lifetime ISA now. Um, it all really just depends on what you want. If you want home ownership, then the equity loan is for you. If you're not that bothered about home ownership and you want kind of like an alternative route, then shared ownership will be for you. But the lifetime ISA will help you save for your mortgage deposit and you can only use it on your first um, property. What's your overall aim in terms of, so once you buy your first house, what's your like 10 year or lifelong plan in terms of property investment and that kind of thing? Is it, is it part of your aim to create generational wealth or yeah. is it that you're just really passionate about? I mean, I, I genuinely have like a really big interest in property. I don't also, I don't really have an interest in like the, like, how do I put it? Like, do you know, like the market and how the market works. I don't really care about that to be honest, but like in terms of like property investment as a business, especially like service accommodation students, I really have a passion for that. Um, I help manage my mom's properties. So that's kind of like where I've built the interest through that. My aim is to build a portfolio that allows me just to be financially free. I don't really have to think about um, my income, if I, I can choose if I want to work, if I don't want to work. Mm -hmm. I generally enjoy teaching. Um, so that's not something that I want to give up at the moment. But property is just an additional way for me to build um, more money, more assets. And then I can pass that down onto my children. Same way that my parents have got all these properties now and they can be passed down to me. And it can just like flow like that, really. I don't really see how you can lose, to be yeah. honest yeah and you spoke about um property management and that's actually something i've always wanted to get into but I've yeah, always been, how on earth do i start like what do i do and like my nan's starting her own property business and i've been like hounding her like when you started i better be the property managers but like what yeah. what advice do you have for getting into that especially so, my background like i'm not in the end right now so i'm not currently yeah. working in property so how do i then venture into becoming a property manager so i would say to reach out to landlords um, you need to sell yourself as like a corporate let. Um, so you're going to be taking over the control of the property. You can choose like, how you do that. So you can either like do like a tenancy finding service or you can just like manage the overall kind of like uh, maintenance of the property. Um, this kind of ties into rent to rent. I don't know if you guys have heard of that property investment strategy as well. Um, so some people actually rent to rent, you're basically property managing as well because you're taking the property from a landlord you're guaranteeing them like um an amount of money like a guaranteed rent and then you're basically taking over that property and doing what you want so a lot of people do like um hmo which is a house of multiple occupancy or they do like airbnb um and then they get the profit themselves um as well as um giving their guaranteed money to a landlord um, if you don't want to do like rent to rent, then you can just charge a management fee. It typically tends to be 10%. It ranges between 8 to 12%. Um, but definitely reaching out to landlords. It can be quite tedious. But little tips would be going to places like Spare Room. Um, Spare Room um, have landlords that are looking to like, probably like rent out a room, maybe because they can't rent it all out. And maybe they just need a little bit of help um, getting more tenants in. 
or sometimes landlords just can't be asked with their property anymore. Some people just have so many that they're just thinking, oh, do you know what, I can't be bothered. Um, they're willing to just let you manage it for them. Mm. Also, people that live in London and they have properties like up north, so like Birmingham upwards, um, they need someone just to manage it because they can't physically be there all the time. So you kind of just have to sell yourself um, and believe that you can manage their property for them and the benefits that you can do for them. A lot of people like flyers, examples of figures and stuff like that as well before they agree. And you spoke about um, using property as a way to have generational wealth in the same way that your parents did. But mm-hmm. I was interested in um, Leanne and Liv's, if there's something you thought about like creating gener- generational wealth and what your thoughts have been in about reaching that? Um, to be honest with you, I've always like, wanted to have like a really big family. Um, I've always wanted my, like, my future family to be brought up the way that I was brought up. Um, and also the way that like I've seen like my cousins been brought up as well. Um, and I, f- I feel like you can do this anywhere. Like most of my family, well, all of my family are Jamaican, but then it's like um, my uncle who is based in Jamaica, like he started his property journey in the UK and then moved it to Jamaica. So now like he owns his own construction business and he actually builds more like commercial properties. So like, you know, like the really big like student accommodations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. um and also like housing complexes in jamaica mainly kingston um in quite affluent areas um so i can see the benefits of it and it's like when you have something as significant as that like you you're passing it down do you don't even know how many generations that can benefit mm-hmm. like, it's not just about like your kids it's not like your kids and your grandkids and then your grandkids grandkids do you know what i mean like you don't know um, I need to talk to your uncle because I just moved back to Jamaica. So, <laughs> oh, what part? What part are you in right now? I'm living in Kingston. Oh no way! Yeah. So like, he, li- like he literally just built um, like a housing complex. I think it's not too far from Norbrook. So yeah. That's funny. I live in Norbrook. No way. Yeah. That's insane. Like he used to live. Well, I can bait out his area now because he doesn't live there anymore. But he used to live in <laughs> Glen Abbey. Oh, yeah, um, literally yeah, yeah, like yeah. not too far from like Devon's house size so yeah. yeah so I was even thinking to go down for Christmas just to see like his new property but yeah I can definitely awesome. let you know because he's got so much knowledge um yeah most of his properties are over here in England um but he does have his construction business and stuff like that in yeah, Jamaica no. so he has a lot of knowledge and a lot of contacts um because he works quite closely with the University of West Indies as well I also work at the University of the West. No, this is too weird. Oh my god. <laughs> this is too weird. <laughs> we definitely have to chat. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's just so, so crazy. For and Lives, what like what's your thoughts on generational wealth? Is this something you thought about before? Yeah, I mean I would say that um the idea of owning a house, I think it can be very special and can be quite a beautiful thing. I think, you know, some people are like, oh, it's never possible, like, or, um, oh, you know, it's, it's not necessary, like, or we didn't have a house, or you probably won't have a house, like, as you say, generational um, sort of renting becomes a thing as well. But the idea of having your own house, the idea of having a home, the idea that like no matter what goes wrong in life, this is like a family house you could go to. This is somewhere that's gonna be home forever. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And that's mm. definitely something I would want for my children for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean whatever goes wrong in life, it's like you could come back home. 
yeah 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 it's true i was even saying like in one of my last episodes of my podcast like I, i'm like i'm still young but i'm trying to think about like the future and thinking about like where i would want my property to be and how that would like benefit my kids like do i want it like i need to start thinking about the areas and then like okay so is it near a good school like a good primary school a good secondary school because these things in life just hit you within like seconds um I, I still feel like I'm a child, but then I realised that my age is really catching up to me and, like, all these big things in life are going to start hitting me soon. So it is daunting to think about, but when you plan and you prepare, it probably feels less daunting. Uh, I think it's interesting for me because I think uh, generational wealth is always something, that it, it's quite, it's something that's quite common in Jamaica. So as I said before... Yeah most people so my i grew up in the same home i've never lived anywhere else outside of mm. my family home until i left to go to university and my parents were very adamant about making sure that that family home was in their kids names and then my mm. mom had a property in the cayman islands and then that was put in our name as well so i think generational wealth is something that was is quite commonplace and almost expected i think mm. Mm. actually it's really fortunate because even though I don't have those properties anymore the way in which it benefited us was that when my parents did get sick we were able to use those properties rent them out so that we weren't yeah. pulling from our own personal incomes in order to I mean my par my siblings sent me to university through renting out those properties after yeah. my parents passed away so I think it's something that's almost expected of us in the Caribbean or in Jamaica more specifically, similar to, the, similar to what Haley's just said about her uncle and expanding. And so I think there is a level up from that, what, which is what Haley's uncle is doing. But I think the general idea of having a family home and having that being passed on through generations is something that's quite common in Jamaica. Mm. No, it's true. And I feel like that that house that you're born in tends to be left for others, as you said. Um, people don't always move as often. I mean, like, my, my nan's mom's house is still where it is, even though, like, no one's living there. But, like, it still is where it is. It's in the country, so really and truly, no one's really going to touch it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, like, like, we can probably trace back and still find, like, our parents' parents' house, and it will still be there. Um, and unfortunately like those houses weren't put in anybody's name but like now when the people recognize the importance of putting things in like their kid's name you know it can only as you said it can only be a benefit and i think it's something that extends from our history just in terms of colonialism land was really our only trading mm -hmm. uh, our only thing that we could trade you know trade we didn't have necessarily like uh what do you call it like access to ready cash and so yeah. land was our um was our gold so to speak and uh, when you think about it just historically even internationally land is what really sells it's what has power it's what you know i think there's an artist i don't know if you guys know chronics yeah, of course. yeah of course. so chronics actually when he started touring in african countries was just like don't give me any money just give me land that's mad yeah and so he's been able to acquire properties just by getting paid through in that way, as opposed to getting like traditional, um, you know, cash in hand. That's really good though, because especially like countries like Ghana, where there's got such a big influx of people coming, especially like around Christmas time, 
like everyone goes back to Ghana in Christmas and there's loads of things going on. Like if you have a property, rent it out for your Airbnb, do you know how much money you could be making? Mm. It's actually insane. And also just having that like family home to go back to is nice. But building properties on like land from where you come from is a different type of feeling. Yeah. Like you can do it here, but when it's back home, like it's back home. Me and my friends made a pact when we was in school that we'd all choose a different um like Caribbean country or a, a place in Africa to buy a property that we'd rent on Airbnb. So like every month when we're rich and famous, we can just go to different cu- countries and just stay there. That so, is beautiful. Yeah, definitely on that about the Airbnb. That needs to happen. That is actually beautiful. Um but That's such a goal. But interestingly enough, when you're talking about um like black people and their um, involvement in property. I feel like for me growing up, a lot of my family was in property. Like, Mm. for me, it's the opposite. It's like, if you're not in property, it's like, why are you not? Like, in terms of, like, my family, everybody is in it. Even going down to, like, being a surveyor. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's not even just being... Yeah. But what what I haven't really heard of is, like, mortgage lenders that are black or, like, black-owned mortgage lenders specifically. Is that a thing? Oh, I can can even shout out one, like... I honestly oh, yeah. praise him all the time. He he's a financial advisor that can offer you mortgage services. So his name is um Paul Roberts. He's even based in London. Um, he's black. I think he's Caribbean. I think he's Jamaican. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, like he's so willing to talk. He has like free services and also paid services. So if you just want to have a, a general chat, um, if you go onto his website, let me even try and think of what his website is called. I think it's literally just his name. So it's like Paul Anthony Roberts, I believe. PaulAnthonyRoberts.com, I think it is. Um, you can find like, all of his information there. Like He's willing to just go through everything with you. Very easy to talk to, very relatable, very relaxed as well. Um, yeah, he's even one on, on one of my episodes as well. So if you want to listen to that, feel free um, to as well. Because you just went through like the process of like, how to get a property as a first-time buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also other ones that I've got, like, from in the group. That's why I love the group, because you just meet all these random people. Like, you meet mortgage advisors, you meet um, surveyors, um, you meet estate agents as well. So, like, it's nice to just have, like, that black community just there. Definitely. Another thing as well is, like, when you have, like, a property for investment, it's good to have, like a power team, so like a plumber, a painter, builder, all of this kind yeah. of stuff. That's and cool. um, on deck, because the last thing you want to do is searching. When you've got someone like just there ready to call, things tend to be a lot faster. Um, and it's very easy to get like a black power team from in the group as well, because it's not just property investors. You also find like tradesmen in there as well, because they know that they're needed. I think that's like a really good point, actually, because my friends just moved into she just bought a mortgage with her boyfriend and yeah. uh, she got it for a really really good price it was really competitive but it just needed a bit of work for her to get it to the standard that she wanted but luckily yeah. because his dad and like uncle and like immediate circle all have um those sort of skills they were able to save a, little, a lot of money because they were literally like doing the work for free and then oh they're making them dinner or like you know what i mean like something that you really yeah. come out of your account whereas when you're trying to get something done like that with someone who's um like reliable the costs are expensive <laughs> mm, definitely <laughs> definitely so yeah i feel like that th- that having a really really solid power team i mean they don't even have to be black they're just someone that you can rely on 
and someone that also is um, willing to travel to. If you have properties that are not just based on one location, like they're okay thinking, okay, cool, I'll go down here. Like we had a guy that does our family home, but then he he goes down to Coventry and does like the student accommodation in Coventry as well. So it works out. It's nice when you have one person that you can rely on for multiple spaces that you have instead of yeah definitely across yeah mm. it's really good and he's really nice and he ends up you end up just getting a friend at the end of the day um but yeah thank you for joining us on the podcast today i'm sure lots of people listening can um take a lot of it away i think what i found really interesting was when you and liam was talking about the cultural side of it from like the Caribbean yeah. and how the, um, the generations are the, generations, the generational views towards housings are very different over there compared to here. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that many British, British, British-born Jamaicans still build and buy properties back in Jamaica as well, right? I think it's yeah. an interesting um, maintenance of that cultural history as well. And just the willingness to go back home, but also, you know, you could buy a property in, in England and still move back to Jamaica. But increasingly, I think more people are buying properties outside of the country as well, whether it's for their vacation home or whether it's ultimately to go back home. So it's interesting how property has this kind of pervasive way of retaining culture as well. Like how property yeah, can to maintain culture, generational wealth, all of those things that we've discussed today. Yeah, it's very true. I that's one of my biggest goals is to build a house back home. Well, you got the hookup, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I'm really fortunate for. That's such a beautiful idea. Yeah, even if I don't want to live there, like it's 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 there. Do you know what I mean? Even if I wanted to, like, have mm. my nan there, my my dad there, like my parents when they get older, like they can just go back and just live free and in the warmth. Do you know what I mean? When you're in this country, it's so cold and depressing. Like, look at the rain today. It's so depressing. Mm. Even when it rains in Jamaica, it's not depressing. Like, it's still warm <laughs> rain. Do you know what I mean? It's so true. When it rains here, I'm like, let me go run out into the streets. Do you know? Like, <laughs> Aww. So, Haley, tell us where we can find you on your socials. Tell us what you have planned, if you have anything coming up that we need to pay attention to. Um, so the main, the main place is Instagram. Um, so you can find us, well, you can find me on, um, there at let's talk property underscore, and you can find loads of different posts giving you like a brief general information about loads of things that we've talked about today. So like, um, all the different government schemes, um, kind of think top of my head now, different mortgages, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I also have a podcast where I release weekly episodes and again, it's called Let's Talk Property Podcast and it's on all the major platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and you can find the link on um, the Instagram page as well. Um, I'm looking to do an event soon, but all the information will be found on the Instagram when all them details are up. So (laughs) definitely look out for that. Dope. That sounds awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me on as well. I really appreciate it. 
guys thanks so much for listening don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get them from check out Haley's podcast too on twitter and facebook we are dope black women on instagram we're dope black women one we'll be back with you next week until then stay blessed and unapologetically black all the way black blackly black black tastic <laughs> <laughs>